0: Welcome to podcast number six from MinistryToChildren.com. My name is Tony Coomer, and today I'm going to be talking with Amy Dolan from LemonLimeKids.com. Amy, welcome to the podcast.
1: Hi, Tony. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to do this podcast with you.
0: Well, Amy, we have never met in person, except, you know, we've met on the internet. And so I don't know you nearly as well as some of the other guests that we've had on the podcast. A few weeks ago, you did send me a box of lemon heads in the mail. I would normally not eat candy from a stranger, but I ate those lemon heads, and I didn't die. So right now, I have a very high level of trust for you. But <laughs> just to get us started, can you tell me a little bit more about Amy Dolan and what she's all about?
1: <laughs> that's a great intro. I like that a lot. I feel like, yeah, now we're super close friends that you, I sent you candy, and you and you ate it. I mean, that's a deep <laughs> level of trust. So. <laughs> Well, I'm thrilled to do this podcast. Like I said, I've had a lot of children's ministry experience and sometimes when I reflect on the opportunities I've been given, it's just amazing to me because I don't feel most of the time like I deserve it or that I was expecting this sort of life and um, I feel really grateful to God that he kind of ordained my path the way he has. I started in children's ministry at Willow Creek Church. It was the church I grew up in with my family, and I had served as a volunteer there for a long time. And uh, when I was a junior in college, they offered me a part-time job writing curriculum for the four- and five-year-olds, and it was a dream come true. I went to college uh, downtown Chicago, and then on the weekends came home and taught four- and five-year-olds at Willow and wrote curriculum in between doing my homework during the week and it was a dream life it was so fantastic so i did that my last 2 years of college and uh, just doing that showed me this was the ministry that i wanted for my life so when i finished college willow offered me that same job full time and i did that for 6 years every week writing curriculum for 4 and 5 year olds and teaching it on the weekends and leading a fantastic group of volunteers who taught the kids. I thought that I would do that job forever. It was so fun and so exciting. But at the end of those six years, I started to get a little itchy for more leadership opportunities and uh, wanted to grow my leadership a little bit. And so I uh, left Willow and uh, took a job at a church in the suburbs of Chicago. It's now called The Chapel I was a children's director at one of the campuses. Again, just had a really great experience with a really great group of people trying to transition the ministry from something it had been to something new and uh, learned so much about leadership and volunteers and church. It was such an exciting time and the learning was happening so fast. I tried to keep up with it all. It was during that time actually at the chapel when Lemon Lime Kids first started, I found that some of my colleagues started calling and asking me questions about, you know, what should they do with their volunteers or did I have any ideas on new curriculum and just on the side started giving advice to some of my friends. And it was through that I found out how fulfilling and satisfying it was for me to uh, really coach and shepherd and love other children's leaders. And so... It kind of just happened into this consulting business, like I said, it was never anything that I planned. just kind of happened into it i 've been doing this ever since I, you know call it lemon lime kids now and i 've been doing it ever since I get this opportunity to um, coach children 's leaders uh, right now. I have a, a group seems like the children 's leaders I coach most right now are really young and starting off in their first ministry jobs, which I absolutely love. And I also, with Lemon Lime Kids, get to write curriculum and partner with other organizations and kind of helping moving move children's ministry forward. So,
0: Well, Amy, I've been reading your blog uh, well over a year now. Even before the Lemonheads incident <laughs> that I mentioned, I had a lot of respect for you because uh, it seems like every time I go there and read one of your articles, it's helpful and it's concise. I always come away with something that I can apply here in my own church. You know, last month I released some research on my blog about, about children's ministry blogs, and your blog, Lemon Lime Kids, came out as number eight of all the children's ministry blogs. Uh, so you're doing a great job. A lot of people are, are finding help there. Well, recently on your site you've been writing a series about leading a better meeting. Can you give me maybe your very best advice on being more effective with a volunteer training meeting?
1: Oh, Tony, that's such a fantastic question. Thank you for asking that. And also, I like that the uh, lemon heads in the mail is now considered an incident. Like it sounds like something happened, something like deadly happened to you. So
0: I I, I don't know what else to call it besides an incident. (laughs)
1: Well, thank you for the kind words about the blog. I love writing it. Build a Better Meeting series on Monday is part of my holy discontent. You know, I think Bill Hybels talks about the holy discontent, like something you just absolutely can't stand. And it's like you got, you just have no choice but to try and fix it or try and do something about it. And that's how I feel about bad meetings. (laughs) I just, I I feel like I sit through so many, so many bad meetings. And um, I've definitely led my share of bad meetings as well. But I just want to fix this problem so badly, because I think meetings could be way more efficient and way more productive if we just tweaked a few things. So that's what I hope to do with the series. But probably my best tip, and it's so simple. And I feel like we've all said it or heard it a hundred times but somehow we're not implementing it. We're all not we're all guilty of not implementing it yet. My best tip, especially for a volunteer training meeting, would be create an agenda ahead of time. Only invite the people who need to be there and then stick to the scheduled time. So that means start on time and end on time. And I think those three simple tips, when a, when a leader who's leading a meeting follows those three simple tips consistently, it will start to change the meeting environment because I think it starts to reset the expectations of the participants. Everyone starts to uh, know that meetings start at a certain time, that they can always guarantee that meetings end at a certain time, which means hopefully the participants are going to give their best contributions during that time because they know the time is limited and the time, the meeting always ends at a certain time. So if everything doesn't get done in that time, that's it. It's over. And I think inviting the right people is key. So many times our, our meetings get way off track because uh, too many people are there and um, not contributing what needs to be done or the right people aren't in the room. And so another meeting needs to happen. Uh, inviting the right people and setting an agenda is so important to set an agenda as the leader to think through what you want to do, what your goals are, to set realistic times to those tasks and then move through the agenda.
0: Those three simple points what what great advice? Because I think almost every meeting i 've ever been to in my life in some way has violated those three <laughs> things. I think on every level and i 'm in a smaller church, so I think maybe smaller churches we have more of a laid back kind of family atmosphere anyway, but man, a meeting agenda, a set ending time, and only the the right people being in the room. those three things I think would uh, would make my life better. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> in a lot of ways, let's talk about what's in the Bible. Uh, recently, I've been I've been checking out this new curriculum from Phil Vischer called "What's in the Bible," and I know that you've been involved with that. But maybe you can just take a few minutes and share with me why you are so excited about that resource.
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. I would love to. I uh, met Phil Vischer a few years ago, and of course, like many of us, absolutely thought the world of him and uh, respected what he had done and got a chance to hear about his vision uh, for the future and you know he has a passion for uh, children and families together to really uh, develop skills and knowledge in biblical literacy he's really burdened by the fact that uh, children and their parents don't know the bible and thus in not knowing the bible it's resulting in a lack of spiritual growth a lack of relationship with God, and um, he's really burdened by that. So he's created this uh, D- new DVD series called What's in the Bible that, over the course of 13 DVDs, is going to go uh, from beginning to end of the Bible, which, first off, is fantastic. And, of course, in Phil Vischer's style, it's creative, and it's funny, and it's fantastic puppetry and animation and... Along with that, you know, over the last couple years, he's had a chance to meet a lot of children's ministry leaders, and um, he's really heard there's this need for biblical literacy curriculum in the church on Sunday mornings. And so, wanted to create the DVDs for families at home, but then wanted to create a companion curriculum for uh, children on Sunday morning at church. So he asked me and um, my Lemon Lime Kids team if we'd be interested in helping lead that, and that's what we've been doing for almost the last year. It's it's really exciting. We're just about to release the first one comes out middle of November. Just being in the depths of this and, you know, understanding what Phil's doing and watching the videos every day, I got the theme song you know, Down by Heart, is really like ignited my passion for children to know the stories of the Bible, to know uh, where the Bible comes from, who wrote it, um, some of the controversy even that surrounds uh, the writing of the Bible or certain topics in the Bible. And then, of course, how all of that translates to a growing and vibrant faith is just has really energized me, and I'm just thrilled not only for families to watch the DVDs but for kids to experience this kind of curriculum on a Sunday morning.
0: So that's more geared for kids' church or Sunday school. What's kind of the target audience?
1: Yeah, it's geared. You can use it in a variety of ways. It's geared for kids um, ages kindergarten through fifth grade. So um, some churches uh, we anticipate will use it on a Sunday morning in uh, a children's ministry. We've heard from some already that are interested in using it at like a Wednesday night um, outreach Bible program. The videos are real short. The videos we've edited for the curriculum are real short, so we're anticipating some churches may even. Try it during the children's sermon portion of the adult worship service. It's great for a family sermon, a uh, family service. So it's really flexible, and um, the curriculum comes with a customizable document, so you can tweak the curriculum to fit it to your environment however you like.
0: Well, that's exciting. I've have I have a couple of the DVDs already, and we've used those as resources in the church just to pass around to different families. Um, kind of as part of our family discipleship, but I think I am going to check out the the curriculum and maybe see about fitting that in at least into part of my Sunday morning program here because it sounds like such a great idea. When I looked at these DVDs for the first time, I was amazed at how ambitious Phil was with this project. You know, to take the entire Bible, make it understandable for children, uh, without really thinning out the content. You know, I've looked through the first DVD and he's talking about the canon and how the canon came to be and i was like man this is like mm-hmm. bible college level for a lot of people and i don't know if there's a handful of people in our church that know all that information i think that's exciting to, to have a generation with with biblical literacy is definitely going to be an improvement i applaud his ambition and uh, i'm looking forward to seeing more Well, Amy, I announced this podcast on Twitter and Facebook a few days ago, and some of your fans responded with questions. So what I'd like to do is just handle these as quickly as possible to try to fit them all in. But let's start with Matt McKee, and he asked about puppets and using puppets as a teaching method. Do you still think that's good and why?
1: First off, I like that I have fans on Twitter. That's funny. I'm into that. I'm definitely excited by that. For Matt McKee's question about puppets and engaging, I think that's a great question. And I'm a big fan of Matt, so um, I'd love to answer that. And, you know, specifically from, I think Matt's asking the question about puppets in context to the What's in the Bible DVD series, because Phil uses uh, puppets in front of green screens that he animates later for the videos. So I think uh, Matt's ask, asking in that context. And so I'm going to answer from Phil's perspective on why he chose puppets um, for those DVDs. And, you know, I've, I've actually heard Phil say this a whole bunch of times, that he believes anything, any method that's done in an engaging way is a really great method, you know, whether it's being used with kids or with adults, whether it's puppets who are funny or um, animation or popsicle sticks, you know, as if it's, engaging and particularly if it's an engaging story and Phil believes there's humor tied to it as well then the actual technique is maybe a little bit more irrelevant that it's um, about finding methods that are engaging and tell a great story and um, of course we can discover engaging and funny methods in a whole variety of ways so uh, that's why i i think phil has chosen puppets specifically for the what's in the bible videos he he uses the puppets in a humorous way and of course they tell a very engaging story
0: okay wayne stocks who is at stocks ohio on twitter asked about spreadsheets and he says us spreadsheet people have to stick together (laughs) so amy tell me about spreadsheets
1: Oh, man. I love Wayne. This is great. You know, um, Wayne and I are both, we share a common love of spreadsheets. And um, I think we started teasing uh, Henry Zonio a little bit on Twitter because he's not, he doesn't use spreadsheets. And we were maybe suggesting that he could organize his life a little bit by uh, using spreadsheets. But um, <laughs> I'm a spreadsheet junkie. I love to create I love to be organized, first of all, and then I love to use a, a good spreadsheet for some of the big projects that I'm working on in order to, you know, kind of organize um, how the tasks are moving forward and who's doing what and how much it's costing and what supplies we need and all of that. So I'm sure Wayne uses his spreadsheets uh in a different way as an accountant but um, I love to use spreadsheets just to organize my brain and kind of organize projects.
0: Are you Mac or PC Amy? Oh
1: Mac all the way.
0: So what do you how do you do a spreadsheet on Mac? Is there a program for that?
1: Um, Excel.
0: Excel is just Microsoft. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Not only am I PC, I am so PC that I don't even buy Windows products anymore. I'm like wow. using OpenOffice for my spreadsheets.
1: No, and I do need to I do need to investigate some other things. But you know, I just go with what I've done in the past, I think.
0: Uh Wendy Douglas, also known as at Saved Sister Seven on Twitter, would like to hear more about Merge, the Merge conference.
1: Well, these are some good fans I have. I love Wendy. <laughs> She's great. Such an encouragement to me all the time. Um, Wendy's asking about the Merge uh, merge conference. That's great. Merge is a um, student ministry event that um, we run in the summer. And actually, my husband and his business partner and um, Michael Novelli, who wrote the book uh, Shaped by the Story, They've kind of created this event together, and um, next year it's happening in Grand Rapids at Cornerstone University in July, and uh, it's an event for uh, high school students to come. It's a week-long summer experience for high school students, and um, they get to experience the the Bible in a week from beginning to end, and, um, and they get to interact with the Bible in different ways through art and music and storytelling and uh, group discussions, all that. It's really a fantastic experience. And uh, we've been doing it. I've been helping my husband and and his friends for a couple years with the event with high school students. And um, just this last summer, we experimented with uh, bringing a group of children's leaders to the event to kind of observe what was going on with the students and then uh, meet in collaborative groups to discuss how we could apply some of the chronological Bible storytelling and activities that were going along with it to children's ministry. And uh, we just had a fantastic group this past year. I think we had maybe uh, 20 children's leaders who came, and some of them had already been trying some of the storytelling methods in their church. Some of them were brand new to it. And it was just such a fantastic collaborative experience where um, children's leaders got to share ideas and kind of challenge each other in uh, some new ways of thinking. And it was really great. So... Um, I recommend the Merge experience, uh, to obviously, to youth pastors who are looking for a summer experience for their students and also, um, you know, for children's leaders to continue the conversation online. Um, we've got kind of a private group going with the children's leaders who were there from last year. We've got a group where we continue to share resources with each other and um, talk about what we're doing. So if you're interested in, you know, joining that group, let me know. Uh, we just want to move the conversation forward and, you know, better storytelling ideas for uh, children and
0: youth. And that sounds like such a great creative use of story and storytelling uh, and that combined with the conference. And that's the kind of thing my son, I don't, uh, I don't brag on him more than twice a day, but he <laughs> wants to be an author when he grows up. Mm. And he's already writing stories. And last night we were just, you know, after dinner we were hanging out and – he wanted to workshop some stories that he had in his mind for a, for a book he's – well, he, he he feels kind of trapped because he, he always ends up writing maybe 20 or 30-page you know stories, and he adds a lot of illustrations. He's only 10, so that's yes. kind of – he's kind of advanced, but that's the kind of thing that I think would really appeal to him because he's already thinking ahead of uh, in how faith and story and – maybe even his future vocation is going to all work together. So that sounds like a really neat idea. I know that you've spoken at some, uh, a lot of conferences. I always see your name on different conferences here and there. Maybe you can tell me what upcoming events you will be appearing at. What's on oh, your calendar right now?
1: The most, uh, the, the one coming up the soonest is actually a week from Saturday. Uh, it's just a local event here in the Chicago area, but, um, it's one that I really love. It's called synergy. And, uh, uh, children's leaders, youth leaders, and senior pastors from uh, Chicago and all the surrounding suburbs get together for a Friday and a Saturday, and uh, this year it's really geared towards the volunteers in your church so that uh, they can come as well, and uh, Phil Vischer is going to be the main speaker, which is great. Maybe you saw my blog a few weeks, or maybe it was just last week, I asked people to help me write an introduction, I'm going to introduce Phil, and so I asked people to write a creative uh, introduction, I think. Did you leave me one, Tony? I think you did.
0: I don't think I have yet, but I saw it, and oh man, I've been working on it. I'm, I'm just, I don't want to mess it up. You know, that's that's <laughs> a lot of pressure to introduce Phil Vischer. It really is.
1: <laughs> so uh, that's gonna be great. I warned Phil ahead of time, so uh, he's not surprised. But um, I'm really excited about that event. Um, uh, we're gonna do a breakout. I'm gonna do a breakout actually on Friday night with Matt Guevara. And Henry Zonio is gonna Skype in and uh you know the three of us uh did the uh children's ministry, what matters now download and I'm so excited we're gonna the three of us are gonna be together in a breakout kind of talking about that process and how um, you know, just kind of encouraging collaboration amongst other children's leaders and we're gonna take some of the topics from the book and talk about it. So Uh, Matt and Henry and I have been wanting to do something like that where we can kind of show behind the scenes and encourage more of that type of collaboration. And uh, then on Saturday, I'm going to be talking about uh, digital children's ministry and um, how to incorporate some of the technology into uh, your children's ministry. So that's the event coming up the soonest, and I'm super, super excited about that one.
0: Well, you know, next week I'm actually... I'm going to be in in Alabama speaking at um uh, Lifeway it's a Southern Baptist uh, Children's Ministry Conference and this is one of the first times I've ever been to do anything, you know that large and it's not you know ginormous it's not like orange big but it's you know several hundred people and I'm doing a little breakout session uh, what advice would you give me as a first time breakout session leader at this conference so that I'm not boring <laughs>
1: a good question wow what a great question um well you're going to be fantastic of course so uh, believe that going in and um be yourself um just be yourself i think um when i first started doing breakouts i kind of just kept thinking of the children's ministry giants that i knew you know um i was raised by sue miller that's how i feel and she's the best breakout speaker in the world and so i would try to you know, lead a breakout like Sue Miller, and that never worked for me. <laughs> and um soon I realized, you know, if I was myself, which was casual and telling jokes sometimes and uh, trying to teach and really listening to the group, then those were the ones that went the best. So don't don't compare yourself or try to be anyone else that you've seen or that you know, but be yourself and Also, what I found really interesting, what I love about breakouts is, you know, obviously I go prepared with information, but I absolutely love um, building the time so that there's interaction and a lot of community and discussion because I find that I walk away with so much learning and inspiration from the group if I allow for, you know, them to speak into the topic as well. So that would be my advice. But you're going to be fantastic, Tony, no doubt.
0: So I don't need candy. Do I need candy or not?
1: I mean, if that's your style. Well,
0: oh, I don't candy. know about getting – can you get candy through the airport? See, I'm not even a good traveler. I don't even know how to fly. I've only flown on one trip in my whole life, and that was just in June. So I don't even know. Can you bring candy in your suitcase?
1: Oh, yeah. You can bring candy in your suitcase, and maybe that would be your next podcast, How okay. to Fly.
0: <laughs> how to Fly. I could, Well, I could do it from the airplane, except those things are so noisy. <laughs> Those things are so noisy. Okay, well, Amy, I just want to say thanks once again for uh, for doing this, and I just uh, appreciate everyone who's listened through to this far in the podcast, and hopefully you've got some, some great tips from Amy that you can use in your own ministry, and it's just been an encouragement for me to talk with her. So, Amy, just thanks again for coming on the podcast.
1: Absolutely, Tony. Thank you so much for asking, and thank you for everything you do at Ministry to Children. It is such an encouragement and such a resource to me, and please keep going strong because we all need your work.
0: All right. Thanks so much, and I appreciate that.